This is Betty. I'm the witch from the north. And I'm Lancel, the island witch. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Rosemary, Rosemary by the Bucketful. Bucket So hello, this is Editing Lancel here, coming to pop in and say, prior to this episode, that please be safe, we are not advising you to leave an open flame unattended in your house, especially when you're not home. Please take care, be safe, and enjoy the rest of the episode. Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Rosemary by the Bucketful. I'm super excited about today's episode, so thank you so much for being here with us. Now, I know that I say that I'm excited about all of our episodes, but I am extremely excited about today's topic in particular, as we are going to be discussing candle magic. Candle magic to me is foundational, it's versatile, and it's a powerful method of magic that has been utilized by practitioners for ages and across cultures. It's something that I utilize on a regular basis in my craft. There are so many layers and facets to incorporating candle magic in your craft. So for the sake of time, we're only going to be covering the very basics to get you started on your journey in using candle magic, or maybe elaborate a little bit on some of the information you already have. So with that in mind, in today's episode, we will briefly discuss sympathetic magic, color correspondence, anointing and dressing your candles, the different types of candles that you can use, and briefly reading your flame and wax. So, without further ado, let's get started. I feel like I don't really need to talk what a candle is, but for me what candle magic is, it's a way of using sympathetic magic and physical objects to represent a wanted situation or outcome. With it being a physical object, you can't really forget about it. So it's a physical way of not forgetting about spell work. It could also be as simple as you want it or as complex as you want it. There are multiple ways to work around a candle. I know that in Europe they use it to represent fire and don't use the actual candle to represent the situation or spell work. And they actually use it for multiple different intentions. But how I like to work it is burning it all the way down, it's more American. And you're using more sympathetic magic because you can include things like color, add sigils, herbs, or even use figure-shaped candles. So let's deep dive more into what sympathetic magic is. With a quick search on Google, the first thing that pops up for sympathetic magic is primitive or magical rituals using objects or actions resembling or symbolically associated with the event or person over which influence is sought. Which put simply in terms of candle magic basically means that you're using your candle as a symbol to represent the object or person or intention or thing that you want to work with in your spell. A great example of this are candles that practitioners use to represent their god or goddess or any deities that they work with in their practice. What also comes to mind are effigies, which if you aren't familiar, basically means a copy or imitation of something. There is a long history of using wax effigies in magical practice that dates back thousands of years to ancient Egyptians. 
Um, candle figures are specific types of image candles and work much like poppets by making use of sympathetic magic to assist in spell casting. So there are many different ways that you can use wax figures in your magic, um, but basically put a figure candle can symbolize the individual doing the spell work or another individual energy abstract concept, what have you, that the practitioner is working towards or with. So now that we've talked a little bit about sympathetic magic and how you can use that with your candle magic, um, let's move on to color correspondence because uh, candle color is an important part of candle magic also. Candle colors are chosen basically by the energy we want to work with and for the symbolic meaning of the color used. People who cast candle spells use different colored candles for different purposes. So with color correspondence, I've noticed that the correspondence associated with each color will vary from practitioner to practitioner, as well as from each path of magic that one is partaking in. So with that in mind, I'm going to give you some examples of color correspondence that I personally use in my practice, and whether that overlaps into your practice or not is gonna be determined by you. So for me, um, I associate uh, the color correspondence also with elements in directional uh, posts, so I will also incorporate that in the examples that I give. So let's start with Earth. Earth is obviously the direction of north, um, and the colors are green, brown, black, white, and gold. And it usually rules things like um, grounding, strength, healing, nature, animal success, stability, um, fertility, abundance, rebirth, wisdom. Next is air, and that is the direction of east. The colors are yellow, gold, white, and sometimes light blue, but that is debatable. And it usually rules the mind, such as clarity, wisdom, knowledge, logic, uh, thought, higher consciousness, divination, psychic work, intuition, memory, and so forth. Then we move on to the element of fire, and its direction is south. The colors associated with this are generally red, orange, gold, and white, and uh, you'll find that the element of fire rules things like energy, will, passion, healing, courage, power, destruction, uh, sexuality, fire, light, strength. And then lastly, we move on to the element of water. Its direction is west. The colors associated with this are generally blue, silver, uh, variations of blue like aqua, turquoise, and so forth. Um, and that will generally rule things like emotion, intuition, psychic abilities, love, deep feelings, the unconscious mind, fertility, lunar energy, um, reflection. I like that approach. I also want to add a note with what you said that candle color is important. If you're using the sympathetic approach, definitely color is important if you're taking that approach. Some people take the more Eurocentric approach of just using a candle. It doesn't really matter the color and they use it for multiple intentions because they only work with the fire part of the candle. You can obviously take that approach. I just want to preface the note with what you just said. So let's continue with the colors. And then of course, aside from the colors that we have previously mentioned, we also have black and white. 
Now, black and white um, can be used for a few different things. So white is said to be more of a neutral color, so you can use it in substitution for other colors if you do not have them. Black is also said to be able to be used as a substitute. Um, some other things that you can use black and white for, um, white you can use for purification, peace, protection, truth, binding, happiness, Black is generally used for things like banishing or um, absorbing or expelling negative energy. Sometimes it can be used also for attracting money. Um, but again, that is dependent upon your practice and how you attach correspondence to these colors. However, even myself being a secular witch and not following any specific path or tradition, I do believe that certain things cannot be erased. So if there are some correspondence or folklore attached to a specific item, sometimes it's best to leave that correspondence there um, and then just further elaborate on it with trial and error in your practice. Yes, I totally agree with that approach. I also want to say that if you want to find substitute for all colors, go for white over black. Because if you don't have a botanica or a metaphysical store next to you, or you can't really order online, dollar stores don't really carry black candles all year. For me, it's just Halloween. So use white if you have it. If you have black, you can use that too. I don't want anyone like screaming because they can't find the black candle, just use white. So now that we've covered sympathetic magic and color correspondence, let's move on to anointing and dressing our candles. Of course, I just want to mention that the order in which you do things will be dependent upon your personal practice. So again, just take what we say here as advice um, and different methods that you could possibly utilize. So what is anointing a candle? Anointing a candle is some sort of fat or liquid on the candle. You can use oil, you can use lard or butter. I wouldn't say use something, a liquid, which is going to be very flammable, like alcohol. Putting stuff like Florida water or rose water, which their base is alcohol, so they're gonna catch fire. Please be safe. Oils do catch fire too, but most of the heat's going up, so the tendency to catch fire is less than than using alcohol-based liquids. I'd still say, please take care, watch your candle, stay home, don't leave it burning if you're out. Stay safe. Now, when we also talk about oils, we are going to talk about base oils. So what base oils are, um, basically the main part of your oil. So a type of carrier oil. So olive oil, sunflower oil, linseed oil, jojoba oil. These can depend on, these depending on your beliefs. You can assign specific correspondences. You can just use them as a base oil with, so they just carry your intention. I do it that way. So do what you're comfortable with. Now after base oils, you could definitely just use the oil on its own. If you don't have anything, some might use uh, olive oil or sunflower oil. Those are two really common items found in the kitchen. So 
you can just use those. I load mine with essential oils and herbs for my specific intention. Some might leave it bare, as I said, use olive oil or sunflower oil if you don't really want to put herbs and you can't really buy anything. Make it custom for you. Essential oils can be dangerous, be safe with that. Also herbs, be careful. There are specific ways to calculate how much essential oil to put in your base oil. There are specific online calculators which do that for you. Some oils are really flammable like peppermint, so don't use those. Also with herbs, be aware that they might catch fire if you don't strain your oil. Yeah, just customize it how you feel like. As long as it makes sense and the correspondences match to your intuition or traditional correspondences. Also, a last little note, you can buy pre-made oils from metaphysical shops. You can make your own. Some people also add crystals. Be careful with that. Some are water soluble. So please be careful if you're adding crystals. Be careful. Yeah, you get the gist. So since we talked about oils and how to make them, how do you anoint your candle? The way that you anoint your candle uh, is going to be dependent upon you. Some people don't have a specific way to anoint it and they just slather the oil on the candle. Uh, personally for me, if I am doing a candle spell and I am looking to draw some energy toward me, then I will anoint the candle from top to bottom. And if I'm going to be banishing energy away from me, then I will anoint the candle from bottom to top. Um, but again, that is specific to my practice and that's not something that is required. When I anoint my candles prior to putting the oil on the candle, I will wake the oil up, so to speak. So get some kinetic energy going and slap my hands together just to uh, wake up that oil prior to dressing my candle with it or anointing my candle with it. After I've used some kinetic energy to awaken the oil, then I will speak my intention into it and give it its purpose. So for instance, if I am using a ritual oil um, for self-love, then I would speak my intention into my hands and then proceed with anointing the candle in the method that I've chosen for that spell. Moving on to dressing the candle. Um, now, again, this is going to be specific to the type of spell that you are doing um, and the correspondence for the herbs uh, that you choose to dress your spell. Um, so you can, for instance, if you're going to have your candle on a plate, you can, and I highly suggest you do put your candle on something that is going to prevent it from starting a fire <laughs> and never leave your candle unattended please people fire safety <laughs> um, but yes yeah, so if you're going to be setting your candle on a plate then you can certainly um, create a barrier around the candle with your herbs um, again speaking your intention into each herb you can also um, dress the candle with the herb itself because they will attach to the oil um, so the herbs are obviously flammable, so you will, will want to be careful with that. Um, and if you do plan on inscribing any sort of sigils or symbols into your candle, I would do this uh, prior to anointing and dressing my candle. Um, so that's also something to keep in mind. 
I also want to add that you aren't limited to sigils or symbols. You can add your zodiac sign or you could even draw if you'd like. Just be creative. Also, I want to add a note that I prefer to use ceramic plates too. You can also replace the plate with sizable candle holders. I know that some candles aren't gonna perfectly fit in a holder, so I like a plate. I still have some holders, but you do you. You don't really need multiple sized holders. You can just use a ceramic or non-flammable surface or plate. So of course, after you've done all of this, you'll want to charge it. Um, now I've charged each ingredient that I've used up until this point, but I'll also charge the entire thing itself prior to lighting the candle for any candle magic or spell. So now that we've covered sympathetic magic, color correspondence, and anointing and dressing, we can talk about the types of candles to use in candle magic. Now, of course, you're going to want to consider this prior to anointing and dressing uh, or inscribing your candle, um, but the essential concept behind it is that if you are looking for something that is a quick spell um, to ignite your intentions quickly, so for instance, that would be things like birthday candles, tea light candles, taper or chime candles, I believe they're called. And if you are doing something that requires a lot more energy um, over a longer period of time, then you're going to use something like candles that will burn for seven days and that are encased in uh, glass, those sorts of candles. So that's kind of like the general concept behind that. It's fairly simple. It does take a whole lot of thought. Um, of course, the type of candle that you use will also dictate how you will be able to anoint it and dress it. So if you're using a tea light candle, it's going to be a lot harder to inscribe or dress and anoint that candle versus if you were using um, a bigger taper candle. I also agree with this. The size is obviously going to dictate the working and the thing with the glass ones that you need to take care of is that at the bottom, there's a big chance of everything catching fire if you loaded it with oils or anything flammable. They also have a chance of cracking, so use a glass bowl or a fireproof dish. So next up is reading your flame or wax. So basically the general consensus is the way a candle burns can be indicative of the success or failure of your spell and how the progress uh, or after effects of your spell will be. So there are some things to look at when you're reading your flame or your wax. Um, and basically it's the size of the candle, the flame, the wax, and any remains or uh, the soot of the candle. So the size of the candle is going to affect, let's say, the ability to read the wax. If you have a tea light candle or a birthday candle, there may be virtually no wax to read. So in that case, for me, I would read the flame. So candle reading can be done while the candle is burning, and mental or physical notes should be taken while the candle is burning with the dates added to your notes. This is just good um, practice. That way you can refer back to the notes at a later date. So as the candle burns, you may notice the effects from the working starting to take place almost immediately in the way that the candle will burn. Um, making notes and paying attention to how the candle burns and connecting it to the events going on around you in your life will definitely help you realize when your magic or your spell is working or not working. 
So the type of flame that you get on your candle will obviously be indicative of the energy that is going into the spell and uh, the manifestation of that spell. So for instance, if you have a high flame, that generally means that there is an intense amount of energy or a higher amount of energy going into the manifestation of your spell, whereas a lower flame may be means that there's a bit of resistance in your working. Um, there's also some different other different types that uh, you should look out for, um, like if your flame crackles or hisses, if it goes out unexpectedly or early, if it burns a different color, if there's a lot of movement in the flame. Of course, there could also be mundane things to consider with your flame, so it's hard to say definitively if you know, if you have a high flame, that that means that your spell is working. And if you have a low flame, that that means your spell is not working just because of the fact that there are so many mundane influences um, that could be contributing to that. But with that being said, it's always nice just to make a note um, and then refer back to it later on and see if that was actually the case or not. So for wax readings, there are many things to consider as well, just like reading the flame. It could be said that the amount of wax left over is indicative of the success of your spell or not. There's also ways to read things if you get shapes or things that come out of your wax, um, especially if they're larger chunks. I'm not going to get into all of that here today. Um, one book I would recommend that just came out, um, Warrior Witch Nike did a review on it, and it is Candle Magic by Mystic Dylan, and we can definitely link that in the description box for you to check out. Um, but as always, we recommend taking the information that we've talked about today and going off and doing more research on your own just to get a better picture of some of the topics and things that we've discussed. You can find me at Lancel Island Witch on Instagram. You can find me at Lancel D on Twitter, that's T-H-E. And we have our own page on Instagram, so it's Rosemary by the Bucketful Podcast. My name is Betty, and if you'd like to find me on social media, I am The Witch from the North on Instagram and YouTube. Until next time, bye!